Hello, everyone. Just a quick note before we do this interview and album review of one of my absolute all-time favorite albums, one of the albums I've listened to more than uh, most other albums in my lifetime, the album Down to Earth by Rainbow, which uh, my dear friend Graham Bonnet here was the vocalist on that album. Beth and me is very experienced with these songs because they play them live quite a bit in the Graham Bonnet band. And so uh, it's really interesting to hear her take on this stuff as well. A reminder, if you listened to the episode two weeks ago where I interviewed them about their album Day Out of Nowhere for the Graham Bonnet band, um, this interview was done on speakerphone in a car. So the audio is not as pristine as my normal Zoom interview. But uh, like I said on the last one, we get about 95% of what happened and what they said. So I, I feel pretty confident airing it. And um, you kind of get used to it after a few minutes. Like once once the you know, you hear the sound and you hear what it's going to sound like. It just kind of soaks in a little bit. So um, I hope that you enjoy this interview with my wonderful friends. Go and see them on tour in Europe, opening for the Dead Daisies, uh, a fantastic band. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting Glenn Hughes a couple of years ago at the NAMM show. Uh, super nice guy, incredibly talented musician. The whole band is very talented. I can see why these two bands would work very well together on stage. So if you're in Europe, go check them out. After that, I believe the Grand Bonnet Band will be headed to Spain for a bit. So if you're down there, go check them out. They're a great band. And hopefully, you know, nothing's booked in the U.S. right now uh, as of the, the time I'm recording this. But hopefully by the time uh, we get closer to the end of the year, we'll see some U.S. dates for 2023. Um, touring is still very weird here. So um, just keeping my fingers crossed. So uh, anyway, you guys enjoy this review of one of my favorite albums, Down to Earth by Rainbow. Welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, and I am here with two dear friends and very special guests, incredibly talented people that I am so happy to have back on the show. Let's welcome Graham Bonnet and Bethany Heavenstone. Graham and Bethany, how are you guys? Well, I hope so, too. If not, I, I'm happy to repeat anything that doesn't come through clearly. Uh, I'm just glad that you guys are on the road, but actually moving forward, because that is not always the case in California. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I thought we'd start with uh, the album Down to Earth. That al album has been a staple in my life, probably one of the most listened to albums in my history. Uh, I figure about one of every hundred times I try to sing along with you, Graham, I do a decent job. But uh, did you know that there is a re-release on iTunes, a remastered double CD version that has a bunch of outtakes? And there is an outtake of, I think it was, was it Making Love that had completely different lyrics? Thank you. 
already pulled this off after three or ten. But if it's why speaking, you made the decision about the melody, the idea, the other words, and so on, we have to wait for that to into you. Okay, go ahead. That's really cool. It, it's nice to hear some of the behind the scenes instead of just the polished final stuff and see kind of like I love seeing how songs come together. That's really cool to me. You guys were doing a uh, when, when you were recently over in Europe doing some shows. How did it feel to get back on stage after COVID and just be able to perform again? some pretty big crowds too it looked like That's amazing. I, yeah. I, I have touched a certain amount of people with things that I've created, but I, I've tried to put myself in your shoes, Graham, and think about all the work that you've done over the years. How many people know your songs? How many sing along to them in the audience? What does it feel like to, to know that your work has just touched so many people? What's it like for you to have people responding to you guys playing the way that they do? Because, I mean, the crowds just love you guys. Well, this whole experience since day one, for me, it's been all about Graham. It's never been about me because I know who I am as a human being and as a musician. I don't have his pedigree. I haven't, I, I don't have his body of work. I don't have his talent, but I am his number one fan. I, although I didn't know anything about him until we met. <laughs> um, but once I, I heard his body of work, I'm like, why didn't I, why don't I know who you are? Why, why are you not? 
on at the top. And so it's been sort of my life's work to just to have him be heard again, because he's still as great a singer today as he was then. His voice changed a bit, but he can still belt it out. And he's a magnificent songwriter. And I just, I, I love being a part of the team that gets him out there. So I love being on stage with him. I love looking at those same smiling people. And I love the association I have with him because Graham and I have been pretty much joined at the hip since we met however many years ago. So I, and somebody pointed it out to me the other day. They said that you are the musician that has worked with him the most consistently, the longest amount of time of any musician he's played with is me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah sure. But I, I do think it, it would be wrong to undersell what you've contributed. I mean, just even listening to the album Day Out in Nowhere, the newest one from the Grand Bonnet Band, your bass playing is so sublime on that album. I mean, anybody who thinks that a, a female bass player belongs in a band like the Go-Go's, there's, I mean, you really bring it. You can hold it with the best of them as far as I'm concerned. Um, you're so sweet. I, I, there's a reason I love you. You know, there are, there have always been amazing female bass players. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but like Carol Kay. I mean, come on. Oh God, yeah. And and more recently, people like Paul Wilkinfeld and that that Danish gal whose name is escaping me at the moment, but who's incredible. And even um, what's her name? Con Robertson is this Irish girl, and she sort of exploded recently. Tanya, I haven't heard her play, but from what I understand, she's fantastic. So there's always, you know. Anybody who says that a girl belongs in a band, and I'm not even bragging on the Bogos, they have their place in history, you know? Not my cup of tea, but, you know, no less a musician, especially Kathy Valentine, who's a friend of mine. She's a great player. But anybody who says girls should be basically seen and not heard, which is kind of what you're intimating, they're just misogynistic, and I've had enough of that. I was, I, I just left the band full of those. Right, and, and I and I don't mean in any way to uh, to put the Go Go's down. I think they're a fantastic band. I think Jane is is an incredible bass player. But just the kind of music that they do, being very poppy, uh, it's good music. But it's not not it doesn't really show what she can do. And I think within the Grand Bonnet Band, those songs really show your abilities. And I I, I, I love seeing like uh, Orianti, the the guitar player. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right. I saw her play with Alice Cooper, and I'm like, I really love that we're getting more women in rock that are really talented people. It's not a, as much of a man's game as it used to be in in at least in the heavier stuff. Right, absolutely. I, you know, it's crazy because I used to play in an old girl band called Hardly Dangerous, mm-hmm. and we, you know, I call us the queens of the but there's actually quite a few girl bands at the time that were really kind of ruling. And we had a guitar player who, looking back on her abilities, you know, I used to think, oh my God, this girl's so great. But really, she just was a very average, marginal, bluesy player. But they just, there just weren't that many girls playing. Now, there's an explosion of women, mm-hmm. and and they're really good. Now, I, a friend of mine kind of burst my bubble with this. Said that a lot of the girls that you see videos of them playing these great bodies or pieces of work that they're they you know they're a little bit um, edited and pieced together. I don't know if that's true or not, but like there's this one girl I think I think her name's Kiki, a little Asian girl. I oh my god, just her facial expressions alone. <laughs> I'm completely. Uh, I love watching her. She's crazy. Uh, but yeah, so there's always been I think good players, but women just weren't 
weren't really allowed to enter the arena. Um, but then I negated myself when I mentioned Carol Kay, who was <laughs> at the top of her game in the 50s. But there just weren't many. Right, yeah, very limited number. Um, one of one of the most famous songs I think that uh, Graham is is known for is uh, All Night Long, and it's a it's probably I think the first maybe one of the first videos that I saw from Rainbow, but definitely the first one I saw with you in it, Graham. And, and yeah. every time I've heard you perform this, and I, I can say this about every one of your songs. I mean, you sing it like it's the first time, like you're just telling the story for the first time, which is one of the <laughs> things I I love about you. Um, how, you know, you've performed this song so many times. Do you still feel the? Do you still feel something behind it? Uh, it well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I see, as I said before, I, when you see the audience singing them words and everything, and they're smiling faces, they're so happy to hear that damn song. I go, yeah, it's not bad, is it? You know, but I'm happy to sing it over and over and over again. And I remember the first day I heard it on acoustic guitar. In the, in the studio with Richie, and he said, uh, can you think of a, a, a melody that goes around these chords? What about something similar to, um, I couldn't song that, but it was similar to a, a Rolling Stone song. And then he said, something like that. And so I had in my melody, Roger wrote the words, and uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of that, even though I didn't get credited for any songs on the album. I was very green at the time. I didn't realize I was songwriting, but I was. I was standing in front of a microphone, Making up a tune, but I didn't know that's what songwriting is. And um, because I've always been on my own solo, you know, and uh, I had other people come and join for me and still sing some blah blah blah. And um, this was a new experience for me, you know. And uh, somebody said to me, uh, "Where's your credits on the album?" I said, "What?" <laughs> yeah, they're not there. I I want credit. Yeah, that happens. Uh, my my keyboard player in my band, Era Patches, is David Stone, who was on uh, Long Live Rock and Roll, the album from Rainbow Before You. And he wrote yeah. Gates of Babylon. And it was the same thing. There's no credit there. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. it's a weird business when you're when you're not on your own. Right, right. I, I didn't know. As I said, I was really agreeing. I thought, you know, I was just making this up along and along and just uh, Roger would improve on it, you know, as producer and record. Well, I mean, he's a great producer. Roger Glover, great bass player, great producer. And he really encouraged me to uh, sort of sing my own melody. He just said, sing what the fuck you like. You know, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'll give you a rough idea, which uh, Richie did as well. And I said, no, take it where you want to take it. And um, as I said, we put each song down probably four times each song. And then we chose the better one. And uh, we did okay, I think. I think we did choose the better one. <laughs> I, I didn't hear the other takes, but I can say the ones that I've heard are, are fantastic from start to finish. Yeah. 
Uh, one of one of my favorite songs of yours uh, is Eyes of the World. This song is it's such an epic song, but the passion that you sing in this song, I mean, I almost feel like your lungs are going to come flying out of your mouth. It's, it's so powerful. <laughs> And, and I especially love at the end of the guitar solo when it's about to go into that final verse and Don just plays that, just that simple on piano. It just, yeah. that simple little thing brings so oh, yeah. much together in that song. He's such an amazing player. got the chance to meet John. I, I hope that I get the the chance to meet Don uh, one of these days. But uh, yeah. I mean, and he goes from playing with Ozzy to Michael Shanker to Deep Purple. I mean, he's done it all, and and he he holds his own everywhere he goes. He's he's really remarkable. Yeah, he's a coach of the killers. I mean, he really is. He could adapt himself to anything. You know, he's a great session musician, but a great writer also. You know, yeah. uh, I, I love I love the guy to death. He's uh, he's about John John and him. I was lucky enough to play with both of them uh, on a course in the Black Forest years ago on keyboards and on area on keyboards and the course. It was like, it's a kind of amazing thing ever, you know. <laughs> and of course, John John played with you on uh, Night Games as well, didn't he? Yeah. very much like Beethoven. I think he's one of those people that people will learn from throughout history. They'll always go back to John Lord and say, this was the guy. This guy, Keith Emerson, Don Airy, I think those are the people yeah. that will shape the future. Yeah, Keith Emerson. Yeah, absolutely. Keith Emerson's another one. And my God, that was a show when he was suddenly you know, not on this planet. Yeah, I, I I was really disappointed because, I mean, obviously, aside from losing him, I had made a determination that when I went to NAM that year, I was going yeah. to meet him because he's there all the time. And every time yeah. I went to see him, he would be away from the booth. And I said, I don't care if I have to spend the whole day standing there at MOOC waiting for him to show up. I'm going to meet Keith Emerson. And then then he, uh, you know, he committed suicide. And that was the end of that. But uh, yeah, a, another great man. I was I was I, uh, I went up to him. 
I wanted to ask you, I know that this is an instrumental song, but I, I wanted to verify this was recorded with the Down to Earth sessions. Was Weisheim uh, part of that? came out on the Jealous Lover EP, which would have been with uh, mostly Joe Lynn Turner. And since it was instrumental, I think a lot of people were confused whether that was Cozy Powell or Bobby Rondinelli playing on it. But I was pretty sure it was from Down to Earth. Uh, beautiful. I love that song. Between Don and Richie's playing on that, it's just a, an amazing yeah. song. Yes, Bethany, did you have any thoughts on uh, Eyes of the World? I love that song. It hurts, but I love it. It hurts. It's all octaves, and I've oh. got tiny hands. <laughs> and I play precision. Yeah, Eyes of the World is a, it's a little butt kicker, but I love it. It's a, it's a, it, it moves me, and it sets the pace for the whole, you know, set because it's the opener, and you know, it's just it's going. It's a prime pan in the face kind of song. Like, okay, now I got your attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and I mean, if you if you can grip the audience with that song, you're going to have them the whole show.
If I remember right, uh, when you guys were, were doing the, the entire album, No Time to Lose was one song you were not doing. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Well, you, you weren't particularly fond of it, nor was I, but mostly because if you listen to the bass line, it was so, oh, it's very noty. It's the same thing with, um, although I don't mind playing Bad Girl is another noty one. But yeah, Roger went a little crazy on that. And I guarantee if if he were to, because Graham said they never played it live. But I don't think that Roger would have even played it the same way if he had to again. To be honest with you, it was uh, a throwaway track, if you will, you know. It was like one of the last things we did, I think. And it's like, oh, what's this going to be? And we had this other, you know, the track itself, the music, we had no song. And it was kind of put together very quickly, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, not all the prize, to be honest with you, so, that'll do, that's good enough, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, but is it, oh, it's all right, fuck it, you know. <laughs> but if, if, you, if you think about it, Smoke on the Water was considered a filler track, too, until it took <laughs> off, you know, you just, you just never know. But I, I do like it the does. song. I, I think it's one of the weaker songs on the album in contrast to the others, but as a standalone yeah, song, yeah. I think it's a good track. One of my favorites, though, and another one of my favorite performances from you, Graham, is Making Love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's great on that. It's so evocative. We still do that. We were rehearsing that song yesterday. What do you going to say about it? I think it's, I think Roger Ray brought some great words to that, you know, it's a very sort of uh, sexy, I guess. And it's a very sexy, bluesy song. And your voice is very sexy, the way you sang it. I just, you know, I remember when we first started working together and I had to learn the song. I'm like, oh my God, the quality of your voice on the song. I could feel it. Which one is Yes, I agree. What are we talking about? And, and I don't, I don't think Roger Glover gets enough credit as a bass player because I think the, the no. way that he writes is just fantastic. Yeah. You know, very innovative. He's brilliant. We do all the way. So it's Absolutely. Yeah. One of my, I, I wasn't familiar with him either before Graham. And then when I had to learn the album, I'm like, why haven't I heard this? 
category when people talk about base players because he, he deserves it. He belongs there. I agree. And he's very I think I've probably, like, thinking about songs that I've listened to over the years, I've probably spent more time with Roger Glover than I have with anyone else on this earth. And yet, I've only spent about 20 minutes with him in person uh, one time years ago. But uh, one thing I really like about the bass line on this is at the very end of the song, as it's fading out, that alternate change that he puts in there uh, as the pattern changes, I I thought that was pretty innovative because he could have just played that straight, but Roger wouldn't do that. Cozy Powell on the uh, remastered version of Down to Earth. There's a really nice uh, Cozy Powell mix of All Night Long. But one thing that you won't find a Cozy Powell mix of is the song Since You've Been Gone, because that was not his favorite song. Yeah. 
Well, in, in contrast to the video for All Night Long, which was pretty much you guys on stage and a woman dancing to the side, uh, this was a video that you got to do a little bit of acting in. Was this your first uh, foray into being a, a character? Uh, no, I did a movie like 10 million years ago. It was called uh, Three for All. And my ex-wife, back in the 70s, was an actress. I, got, I was in this movie, which was uh, produced by uh, Dick James Records, uh, DJM. And uh, he had everybody in that movie, you know, uh, singers, actors, everything. And he thought he would have a hit movie. He had all these comedy uh, players, you know, funny people and great musicians, etc., etc. The, the, the film, of course, bombed. It was terrible, absolutely awful. <laughs> it was a worse thing. I mean, it was embarrassment to, you know, to the max. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if you know Cliff Richard, right? I do, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah. times it's about the experience more so than the final product because a lot of times especially with an independent film the the product is just not there those moments I think Graham don't feel too bad Bethany, I wanted to ask you, the, the song Loves No Friend, this is a real pocket root note song for a bass player. Is it harder to play a song that you're not as active in and you just really have to stay on tight with the drummer? No, actually, this one's cake for me because I feel it. It's great. 
it's one of the easiest ones for me to play, even if I never play the same thing twice. It just it feels so good, you know. Yeah, and and one of my favorite lines is in this song. I've learned to live with the cloud above my head because I think we all feel that way at some point. Like no matter what we do, it's just not going to get any better. And that's such a powerful line. And the way you deliver that, Graham, it just feels like you're you feel just so desperate and like this is the way it is, and I've got to live with it. amazing to me sometimes the art that comes out of such miserable times or or it's, it's yeah. an escape from it but at the same point it's therapeutic to write about it and to release it and let yeah. it out but this is i mean to me you know and, and i haven't heard every album that's ever been written but uh, this is one of the greatest albums to me and to, to think about all the pain and everything that went into making it, it it's like i feel bad that it had to come out of that but at the same point i'm grateful that this was the result of all that horrible stuff time I saw Deep Purple, which was shortly before the pandemic, I saw him at the House of Blues here in Vegas. And uh, I was right at the, the front of the crowd, right in front of Roger. And the thing about watching Purple now is that you can just see that every one of them absolutely loves every moment of being on stage. Oh, yeah, there's there's yeah. a camaraderie. There's a, a just a sheer yeah. joy. It's like when I when I see Uriah Heep, you know, you can't you couldn't slap the smile off Mick Box's face from the time he walks out to the time he leaves. <laughs> And, and that's the thing, you know, the, the crowd feels that, but it's like all the stuff that 
he went through in the 70s getting you know having to resign from deep purple and and all the stuff he went through uh it, you know for him to have not quit the business and and made his career work with producing and everything he's written uh it, there's nothing that brings me joy more than to see people that have gone through that be where they are now yeah, yeah i agree with you eventually roger got it right you know mm-hmm. i mean he's uh Same here. Absolutely. I think I met him in, I want to say it was 98, I think, when they were playing in Denver on the Abandoned Tour. And uh, I, I went to the meet and greet. I got about a, a good 20, 25 minutes to spend with him. And uh, we just had, had a great talk. And at the end, he says, I, I really hate to do this because I'm enjoying the conversation, but I got to go catch a flight. And so uh, that was that was the only time I've ever had the opportunity to speak to him. But it was you know, it's one of those things like it just will live in my mind forever. Last couple of songs on the album, uh, "Danger Zone." I know is another one that you were not doing with uh, with the uh, the full album uh, tour. That would be a very difficult song to do live. I think. Did you guys do that live with Rainbow? No, no, we didn't. You did it twice. Probably twice. Yeah, but once we did it, uh, we were playing it in a holiday inn, believe it or not. We were playing. We were rolled up in this place, and it was like a chalkboard outside the front door of this holiday inn. He said, "Tonight, Rainbow." We couldn't believe it. And so it was all very happy and light, jolly, and there was 
Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it, the song for a vocalist just doesn't breathe. There's no room, and there's certain, there's certain songs that are amazing in the studio, and as much as you'd love to hear them live, they just do not translate to the stage. Ronnie's another one I really wish I would have had the opportunity to meet. Um, when I when I talked to David Stone, he just had nothing but the most wonderful things in the world to say about Ronnie. Yeah. And I, I could yeah. see it, you know. I wanted to ask you too about Lost in Hollywood. Now you said that this is Roger's story. I love the riff to this. It's got such a, a groove to it. Just the double picking uh, from Richie really moves the song along. But man, this is a powerful song.
Oh, wow. Well, it, it seems like, though, you know, because Rogers said they did, they used to not drink before they went on stage because it messes with the intonation and what you actually hear. But it, it doesn't seem to throw you off at all. Did you just learn to sing that way? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not always the best. Sometimes I'm, you know, I, I have asthma. If I have an asthma attack, I'm true. Yeah. You know, I can That's the thing. Like, the, if you're a guitar player and your guitar isn't playing well, you've got three or four other guitars you can switch to. With a voice, you have one voice. Yeah. That's that's all you've got. It either works yeah. or it doesn't. That that's right. Exactly. As I said, it's the hardest instrument to play because that's all you got. You got no knobs and bloody effects. It's just your bloody face. Is it harder doing higher elevation, like say going to a place like Colorado, where you're, you know, yeah. is it harder to sing there with asthma? How is uh, Lost in Hollywood for you? That's a pretty busy bass song. That's oh, great. I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's, it's, it's another evocative one that just makes you feel it while you're playing. I, I love it. And I love the reaction of the audience towards the end because it's, it, it gets frenzied. It's so it's very frenetic. And yeah, like I talked about Eyes of the World being a frying pan in the face, you know, when, you, when the set starts. This one's a, a frying pan in the ass. They were hitting on the way out. <laughs> Looking at my 45s right now, and Graham, you were right. Uh, Weisheim is the B side to All Night Long, and then yeah. uh, Bad Girl was the B side to Since You've Been Gone. So Bad Girl wasn't released with the album. Was that a record company decision to say let's let's kind of beef up a single by putting that on there, or was that how did? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it was on the album. No. But we have. It seems like the record companies were doing that a lot back then, just taking a bonus track and not putting it on the album, but sticking it on a single. Yeah, that's about the yeah, that's about the height of it. That's why they sometimes the, the uh, B side was an instrument. You know, 
another one that your voice just I, I just keep waiting for something to just like some part of your body to come flying out of your mouth because you are giving this a thousand percent when you hit that chorus bad girl me this is one that's kind of interesting because the groove is off the beat like Richie likes to take things that he's done and, and find like a way to revamp them. And that was really to me, a revamp of a song from the first deep purple album called and the address, because it has that sim- a similar groove to it where it's, it's the yeah. offbeat of it. And it, it really brings out an interesting feel to the song, but I could see how yeah. it, you know, it, it's tricky to play. still button your shirt and get that tie around your neck, I think you're in good shape. So I got to ask you about one more thing about about this whole, you know, time that you were in Rainbow. Uh, you know, you, you did a lot of great shows. Castle Donington is, is an amazing one. There's another release. I think it was from when you guys played in, in Denver, if I'm not mistaken, that's uh, available on iTunes right now. But what was it like to sing the the Ronnie songs like Stargazer? I mean, that is a, just an epic marathon of a song. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one of my favorite songs of uh, uh, Ron. Uh, some of the other ones I didn't like so much. The two songs I liked, uh, the old Rainbow stuff was Stargazer and uh, Catch the Rainbow. Mm. Those two songs were 
did you guys perform mistreated? That would be a perfect song for your voice. Uh, well, so I hear. Um, I, I, that was my audition piece when I went over to meet with Rainbow. Mm -hmm. When I flew from London to uh, sort of Switzerland-ish. And uh, that was my audition song. So I had to learn it from an old album. And uh, I got the job because I sang that song. Wow. Uh, but never, we've never done anything. Huh. That's interesting. Because, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of bluesy vocal... And, I mean, yeah... It, David Coverdale did such an amazing job on that song, but just yeah. just thinking in terms of your style, especially coming from the Marbles, it just seems like yeah. and they, and Rainbow used to do that because Ronnie sang it. Yeah, uh, but uh, for some reason we didn't. I, I, you know, I didn't miss it, but I thought it was a. You know, it's, it's like um, it's very much like Love's No Friend. You know, that song. It reminds me of that so much. You know, so we got Love's No Friend instead of that. You know. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I, I really yeah. appreciate you taking the time to go through these songs with me. Like I said, this album is, is one of the albums that just means the most to me. I've learned, as, as a fan of music, but also as a musician, I've learned so much listening to this album a million times. And uh, please, the, when, you, when you talk to Don and Roger, please thank them for me, too, because this is a, a very yeah. personal album for me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hope I see them again very soon. You never know. That would be lovely, yeah. You guys are getting ready to head down to uh, Spain for a little bit, is it? Or Mexico? Well, where are we going? We're, we're doing uh, UK, Ireland, and Spain on the next tour. Is that all with the Dead Daisies? No. Uh, Dead Daisies is just UK and Ireland. Uh, Spain is just us. Ah, okay. Oh, that'll be good. We so have a uh, festival at the very beginning of the tour as well, uh, Planet Rockstock in Wales. Super stoked for that one. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's Roger's hometown. It is. Where? Yeah, he, was, he was born in Wales. I did. I, I remember. I did not know that. Yeah. I, Roger could do a great Welsh accent. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking to him. I think, I think it was his mom. She said, how are you, boy? Are you all right? You know, I was like, oh, <laughs> bloody hell. She had this lilting accent. Because, you know, our parents, the thing about Rainbow Walls, um, which is sort of weird and silly. It doesn't sound very rock and roll, but we're all supported by our family. Our moms and, our moms and dads were bigger than kids, you know. And I remember my mom and dad sitting with, uh, you know, with Rich or whatever, and me sitting with Roger's mom. I took them all about that who said, yeah. Of course, he's Welsh. He is Welsh. I don't know if you've heard his daughter Jillian sing, but she's got quite a voice. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, if you look up Jillian Glover on YouTube, uh, she's got a, she had a band that she put together. And uh, I, I heard it by accident. It just, it just came up on YouTube. And I, I was like, who is this? Wow. And I looked up. I'm like, wow, she's amazing. Love her voice. It's Jillian. I, I, she looks just like her dad. She does, yeah. I mean, she, used to. Mm -hmm. she, she was a double of her dad. I remember swimming in the football. As I said, the family's rule there when we played anywhere in peace.
check check it out when you get a chance. She's she's got quite a voice. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. I love you dearly. You're wonderful I people. You so talented. I just uh, it's just amazing that uh that I, I get to talk to you. That's a joy for me. Thank you. Well, thank you. You guys <laughs> well, you got to have fun with life, you know? Too serious. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you gotta, you, when you do interviews, you've got to be honest. you got to say, say what you feel. And sometimes, you know, the, the filter isn't looking with me. I just come out and blab on with it. But, uh, you know. Well, I'd rather have, I I I'd rather have that. I, I'd rather have the honesty and the truth than, you know, it, it, it's yeah. real. I like reality. Yeah. Me too. Good. And I, I enjoy your uh, I enjoy your interviews very much. Thank you. Well, thank you, Graham. You guys have fun, and I'll chat with you in a bit. All right, then. sounds good. All right.